Hey friends, I know how busy this time of the year is. And as much as I love home-cooked meals, sometimes there is just not enough time. But I have good news for you. Factor offers delicious, ready-to-eat meals, which can make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with your pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. There are two-minute meals, so you can fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. They have snacks and smoothies and more. There's a wide variety of options and 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that will help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. So head over to factormeals.com forward slash swanson50 and use code swanson50 to get, you guessed it, 50% off. That's code Swanson50 over at factormeals.com forward slash Swanson50, and you're going to get 50% off. No prep, no mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Yay for that. I'll be linking over in show notes as well, but go check it out and tell me how you enjoy your Factor meals. Christian Parenting. Aloha friends, welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast, powered by Christian Parenting. I am Monica Swanson, mom to four boys, podcast host and author of Boy Mom, What Your Son Needs Most From You. Here on the podcast, it's my goal to bring you practical advice and biblical wisdom for raising boys in this sometimes crazy world. You can always find show notes over at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Imagining me sending my little boy into middle school saying, you're already loved before you're accepted by your peers. Now walk and live like it's true. And I got to be honest, it's not just our little boys who need that. Moms, I think we need to hear that. So if you follow Jesus, can I just remind you, mother, that your heavenly father knows if you're going to miss it today, if you're going to get through all your chores today, if you're going to accidentally ignore your kids and look at your phone too much. He knows if you're going to miss it. And he knows if you're going to hit a home run and have the really thoughtful, intentional conversation. And before you live, before you move on past this podcast, would you hear that God really loves you, accepts you as you are, not the best version of you, the you that he made and wants to send you into all those environments of parenting, of work, of marriage, of singleness. He wants to send you in there with the confidence that you are already loved. Hey friends, welcome back to the Boy Mom Podcast. So glad you're here with me and you are just listening to a short clip from Megan Fate Marshman, who, wow, where do I even begin to share this episode? This episode is super special to me and I believe it will be a favorite in the Boy Mom Podcast archives. Um, Megan Fate Marshman is an incredible woman of God. She is a speaker. Many of you have probably heard her speak or read her books, but I found out about her through my college boys. Megan has been a frequent speaker at the Westmont Chapel Services, and I got a phone call from my firstborn son probably a year and a half ago saying, mom, we have the best speaker at chapel today. You will love her. You're going to like want to be her friend. You got to listen. So he sent me a link. I listened to her message, 
twice in a row. I did love her. I did want to be her friend. And then I was so excited when I saw that her book, Meant for Good, The Adventure of Trusting God and His Plans for You came out. I ordered it. I read her book. I loved it. And then I had to reach out and say, Megan, would you please come on the Boy Mom podcast? She is a boy mom too. Two darling little boys that you'll hear about today. And so last January, we recorded and I was so touched and inspired by our conversation. I couldn't wait to share it with all of you. And then in a tragic turn of events, the Weekend before the podcast was supposed to air, I got word that Megan's husband, Randy, had passed away suddenly from a heart attack. And of course, this was shocking news. He's in his 30s, a wonderful dad. You'll hear Megan talk in our interview about how they traveled together doing ministry. And since his passing, I've heard more about Randy, and he sounds like an incredible guy. So of course, this was just really, really sad news. So uh, I wanted to wait. It didn't feel right to share the episode right in the aftermath of that. And I held on to it. And then over months, um, I just was really still returning to so much that Megan had shared the things that had touched me and inspired me. And so this summer I reached out and said, Hey, you know, I'd love to share our interview. Is that cool? And she's like, of course, yes. And so now I finally get to share this very very inspiring episode with all of you. So Megan is sharing on topics from her book, which she had no idea back when she wrote it, how appropriate and timely it would be for everything that she has walked through. Like I've heard her say, she wrote the book for her future self. And I think this is stuff we all need. Some of you will feel like you need it right now, desperately. And others of us need to tuck away the wisdom from her book, Meant for Good, um, as we know that each of us will face our own hard seasons ahead. And there's nothing more important than being prepared, knowing the word of God, having a real faith in a good God, even in the hard seasons. So, oh, I just, I'm thrilled that I get to share this with all of you. There were a couple places where my voice for some reason did not get recorded. And so this interview is mostly a whole bunch of Megan. You can imagine that you are sitting in front of her on a stage and just receive, receive. If you are at home, I hope you can pour a cup of coffee and just sit back maybe with a notepad and pen. If you're out and about, just really tune in, take some mental notes because I believe that Megan has so many nuggets of wisdom and inspiration for all of us. So I truly hope you enjoy. As always, there will be notes and links over in show notes, which are found at monicaswanson.com forward slash episode dash 128. And now let's dive into this conversation with Megan Fate Marshman about Meant for Good, the adventure of trusting God and his plans for your life. I hope you enjoy. Well, Megan, welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast. Oh, I'm pumped to be here with all the fellow boy moms listening in. I love it. We come united in this moment. Yes, we do. Your boys are so cute. I just love seeing pictures of them on Instagram, and um, I'm sure you're having fun with them. You seem like someone that would be a pretty natural boy mom. I love. Yes, I hate <laughs> to say it, but I was the. I don't actually hate to say it. I I hope for boys, but would have would have loved the girls too. But I was pretty stoked when they both were. Totally, totally. Well, I want to hear more about them and we have so much to talk about, but before we dive into all my questions, can you just give a little official introduction to who you are, what you do, Mm. where you are, all that? Yeah. I'm going to hopefully put it in line with 
what I believe as my primary identity. So first child of God came to saving faith at a young age, but have figured out that you don't just suddenly arrive somewhere. You just spend your life lifetime learning. So I would even say my second identity would be just learning more about who God is and how he wired me to love the people he's entrusted to me, which leads me to my marriage first, my Mm -hmm. kid second. And that one, although I believe it is hard to live out from there, man, figuring out and discerning my best yeses, because I'm realizing there's a potential for a lot of them, whether or not someone's asking me to do something I have a lot of choices, probably because I'm reading these Danny Does books to my little five-year-old about <laughs> yeah. the power to choose. And I'm realizing I have a lot of choices in front of me. And I want to make sure that those values are first. My church community would be probably next up, loving my neighbors, my friends. And then from there, making sure that the things I have been entrusted to, so whether that's teaching at a church in Chicago consistently or a church in Arizona consistently or my home church leading Bible studies consistently or the other itinerant um, messages or books I get to write. Sounds like a lot, but really I'm prioritizing the family, the family most. And sometimes I fail, but that's where the learning comes in. Mm, Wow. Busy woman. I guess during this last year, maybe your lives look different because were you just traveling to all these places before and now you're doing them virtually? Is this a a bonus, a a silver lining? Yeah, it's funny. About two years ago, uh, two years ago, my husband and I decided we're going to turn the ministry into the family ministry instead of just being mom's gone. And so we traveled as a family just about every week. I want to say about 50 flights or at least 50 destinations via airplanes a year. We were doing as a family, but loving it. I got these little patches for my boys that so we can remember and tell stories of what we did as a family, taking any honorarium I get and putting a significant chunk toward my family, loving the city. And then it was it's, it was a sweet season. And then like, like you just said, in March, everything came to a halt and suddenly I was making a lot of videos. And now, so today, everything's picking back up in the next two weeks, which Feels a little surreal. I didn't think it would happen this fast, but we're back to traveling. At least we have plans. Really? Yeah, I know. Good. I know. Good. But still, still doing the video thing here and there. Had to invest in having good audio because that matters. So, all the things, but finding ways to minister. And the best part is, I think in this past year, has been ministering more to the one-on-ones ladies that live near me in Long Beach and being available, which turns out it's going to be fuel for any future stage I stand on. Wow. I love that. Isn't that the way it works too? And can we hear a little more about your boys mm. before we move on? Yep. <laughs> got a five-year-old named we Foster and a almost two-year-old named Jedediah. And man, again, stories I could tell you. I'll do a, a brief one about each because I think it's helpful. Foster's life began tricky in the NICU. But I'll say, and again, I love looking back and seeing what God was up to. But I remember when my son was in the NICU for those first couple of days and my husband came in, he's like, are we prepared for parenting? I'm like, I don't know. You know, he's like, did we get the car seat? I'm like, we got two, we got two cars. <laughs> you know, he's like, did we, oh shoot, did we do the crib? And I said, we put together the crib three, three months ago. And he said, what about his little room? And I was like, I then decorated it. Are his diapers lined up and they won't be lined up in three months, but for now they're lined up perfectly. I'm like, they're prepared. And he goes, we're so prepared on everything. I said, everything he said, except to need the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I went, whoa, you're right. I was preparing everything in my own strength. I hadn't even considered what it would be to partner with the 
Holy Spirit who knows my boy in and out, knows who he will become and knows how to get them him there. That was a moment for Foster. So we began his life as parents praying and understanding, man, that's not, he, although God's entrusted him into our care, the posture for me is less of fists that are tight, trying to hold on and more open palms facing up, holding him and saying, I don't know what's best, but I know you do. So that means I need to actually have a posture, not just a belief that God is in control, but a posture in parenting toward that. That's him. Jedediah was renamed uh, while I was pregnant because we came across the story of Jedediah, who is Solomon in the Bible. So David's son who built the temple was renamed Solomon um, because it means uh, God, like, I love you, God's beloved. That's what it means. Mm -hmm. And as I was praying for my son, I had this little image. I'm not extremely charismatic, but I had this little picture of my little boy playing baseball as I was praying for him. I was just smiling, thinking, yay, I love baseball and boy, mom and all that. And and Mm -hmm. there was a moment that was interesting. And the token story that wasn't my dream is the little boy goes up to the bat and then he swings, hits the home run. And then the dad stands up in the stands and yells, that's my boy. And the picture in my mind was different because the little boy was walking up to the plate. And the dad stands up before he swings and yells, that's my boy. I love that boy. And I pictured, imagine, and then thinking if, if, the, if the, the dad in the stands is really our heavenly father, then he knows if Jedediah is going to swing and miss. And he knows if he's going to hit a home run. But his identity is not dependent upon either of those things. His identity is here so he can swing for the fences, knowing full well that his dad is proud, knowing what the result will be. So the reason that little boy was oh, named that, that was because of that, that picture, mm. knowing that that's what the name means. And then imagining me sending my little boy into middle school saying, you're already loved before you're accepted by your peers. Now walk and live like it's true. And I got to be honest, it's not just our little boys who need that. Moms, I think we need to hear that. So if you follow Jesus, can I just remind you, mo- mother, that your heavenly father knows if you're going to miss it today, if you're going to get through all your chores today, if you're going to accidentally ignore your kids and look at your phone too much, he knows if you're going to miss it. And he knows if you're going to hit a home run and have the really thoughtful, intentional conversation. And before you live, before you move on past this podcast, would you hear that God really loves you, accepts you as you are, not the best version of you, the you that he made and he wants to send you into all those environments of parenting, of work, of marriage, of singleness. He wants to send you in there with the confidence that you are already loved. And he knows the outcome of the day. And he loves you before to send you into it, confident in him. And thanks for listening to the Boy Mom Podcast. <laughs> that we can wrap up. Oh my goodness, that is so powerful for me personally. And oh, how we can use this same thought process as we communicate to our kids. And what a message for us moms. Thank you so much for that encouragement. That's just truly powerful. Oh, man. You asked about my boys, and I'll tell you what God's wow. talking Because that's <laughs> one part. And this is the encouragement thing for me, even listening to this podcast, is the invitation to share these stories. And I think as moms in community, that's maybe something we lack or something we don't do for fear of not sounding great at it or not being good at it. But I'll tell you, I just have a lifetime of practice. And so I'm here not because I suddenly am just naturally good at telling stories. Mm. I don't, I actually don't think that's it. I think I've just been in environments where storytelling was normal. So if I can give any encouragement to parents, it's this, my parents 
really encouraged storytelling at the dinner table. That was really significant. And I think they created a normal in our family to tell the God story. What's God, what's God doing? And so mom, let's get practical here because we might as well. Here's what my family does to practice this at our own table is every, and a lot of moms do the highs and the lows. Good job, moms. Highs, lows, yeah. happy, crappy, pills, sure. valleys. We all have our different names, but sure. we added a third one. So we have highs of the days, lows of the day. And pay attention, mom. The highs is how your kid feels loved. The lows is areas that they need to know they're loved. And then here's the, or, or ways that you can love. So pay attention to bo- both. And then that third one we added is how do you, how did you see God today? Now, the fun part is there's a promise. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, if you seek me or sorry, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. It's a promise of God that if you seek to find him, you will. So we might as well take a, take his promises and not just sing yes and amen to them. Yes and amen, but live like it's true. Seek to find him in your day. You will. So we practice this as a family and my little five-year-old is not great at it yet, but he's listening to his dad tell stories about what God did in a small moment, such as the big. So again, I'm full stories only because we practice every night. Oh, that is so good. I love it. All right. So this is a good time to transition because I want to talk about your new book, Meant for Good, The Adventure of Trusting God and His Plans for You. So would you start off by just telling us a little bit about the background and how you ended up writing this book? Yeah, the book, I'll tell you the story. It's kind of fun. The book is framed using Jeremiah 29, but the title came from Romans 8. So I'll tell you both. It's fun. I was hosting a conference and the host is the one that kind of goes up to MC and the speaker had done her great job. And the worship team was doing this incredible worship set on the back end. And I'm watching the ladies who on Friday evening came in tired, but by Saturday night were like on fire. And it was this beautiful Mm. moment. I got on stage and I, they had sung that one song. I actually referenced it earlier. That one that says, you know, all your promises. And everyone's like, yes, and, yes I, and amen. Yeah. And I get <laughs> up the host after that song and I said something to the effect of, you know, I just wish there was one more verse to that song, which is, and his promises are, and then listed them, you know, so that we could know what yes and amen. And I was like, and isn't it so good if we think about God's promises? It's really sweet. Like the one in James chapter one, where James says, hey, do you want wisdom? Ask God for it. He will give it to you. That's an unbelievable promise. We need to take God at his word. Like, or how about another famous one, right? Jeremiah 29 and the whole, it seemed as though half the audience shouts out 11 as I simultaneously said 13. Because I I thought, oh no, oh no. I think we're taking 2911 as a promise and it's not. And it's not a promise. That's a That's a prophetic word that was given from God through the prophet Jeremiah to a people who were living in exile specifically for them. Now, mind you, there's timeless truths you can pull out of it, but the specifics aren't a promise. And I, that moment for me was so rich that I said, so, and it just, so for some context, 2911 is a verse that is very famous. And it says, for I know the plans I have Mm -hmm. declares the Lord's plans to prosper you, not to harm you plans to give you hope in the future. There are timeless truths to pull out of that scripture passage and they are essential. God knows the plans. And imagine, I mean, listening to that promise in 2020 or 2021 is crazy. God knows in a season where we don't know. And then the beauty of that whole passage, and in the book, I get to go into like the, where did this come from? What's the context of it? And then what's the invitation? 
And the invitation is not to hold on that everything's supposed to prosper us. The invitation is to respond with trust. But that's another one of those Christian words that we don't define or know how to live into. We just say, I trust you, Lord, and then continue to worry about our future, right? And so God, the verses that follow, God gives very specific invitations for us to actively trust him. And so the book, so the book is broken down using a few verses, of course, in rich context and the rest of the Bible to inform these kind of topical things that are brought up and these timeless truths that are affirmed through Jesus in the New Testament. But I love using stories to talk about how does this look really in a life to trust that God knows the plans and what's our job and how do we trust him? And then the book got its title because while we may not know what the plans are, and that's not the promise, the promise is not that he's going to outline what the plans are for us, but we can know something about the plans. And when you get to Romans 8, 28, it talks about, it even starts like this, Paul writing to the church, uh, for we can know. And that's so it's uh, cool. Right at the beginning, he's like, here's what we can know. We can know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, which here's the, here's the trip up. Everyone goes, or who love him, who have been called according to his purposes. Now, everyone at that point goes, how in the world? Well, there's two people that listen to that verse. Some of you go, I'm silver lining lady, and I see the good in everything. And then yeah. there's the rest of us who say, what? Good? Yeah. Corona? If it's really good in all things, that God works all things, then that means there's good in coronavirus. That means there's good in death. That means there's good. Okay. Whoa. Then the beauty of what you kind of learn through my book is you got to read everything in context because the very next verse, Paul redefines good and he doesn't define it by how we define good. We define good as comfortable, successful, worldly successful. We define good as uh, easy. Matt Chandler said comfort is the God of our generation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's how we define it. So when I someone says, how's your day? And I say, good. It's because it was either easy or successful mm-hmm. or whatever it is. God defines so it differently. True. So in verse 29, he says this, for those God knew, he, for those God knew, he also predestined, here it is, to be conformed to the image of his son. So God's definition of good is to make us more like Jesus. So God can use all things to make us more like Jesus. He can even use... Sorry, I'm like ranting right now because I'm passionate. No, please keep even, going. He can even use betrayal. And some woman needs to know that. If he could use that to form you more into the likeness of Jesus. And I don't know when and I don't know how, but through that relationship, he wants to show you how Jesus, Jesus is a forgiver. He wants to form you more into that likeness, but he doesn't do it in shallow ways. And he doesn't do it just with your head. He brings in your story, cares for your heart. And then if you'll let him, he'll use it for good to form you more into the likeness of Jesus, because not only do we need to look like Jesus, others need to meet him and God's plan for the world is us. So we might as well look more like Jesus. Mm. Yeah, that is so solid. Well, I've just been super encouraged and inspired as I'm reading through pages of your book and how you're able to weave those stories. And what I also love is that you keep us giggling throughout, you know, and I would love for you to tell us a little bit about Tuesdays with Jesus, because I seriously was laughing out loud listening to this, but thinking (laughs) this is so good. Tell us about Tuesdays with Jesus. I'll give you a modified. The book has a lot more thorough details, but yeah, everyone has to. Yeah. Yeah. Modified would be, uh, I wondered what it would look like to live as if Jesus was real, because obviously he is. So my friend and I took on this challenge for fun which that's what I apparently do for fun is to pretend. And I remember we were sitting for coffee. I'm like, today's Tuesday. Let's just, first semester, let's just pretend that there's like a physical Jesus with us. Like, how would we live our Tuesdays differently? Not every day, just Tuesdays. And so it was 
so fun. I mean, anything, anything from like always opening the door for him to like ordering food for him to, <laughs> to having like shotgun. Nice, I love the shotgun. <laughs> yeah. My friends hated Tuesdays because they literally had to sit in the back. Why? Because if Jesus were with us, he would not be in the back seat. He'd want to, he'd want to be in the back seat, but yes. we would, like, push him to the front. Right. I mean, like, these are the, but this is the best part. We laughed and had conversations about Jesus a lot in the beauty of the story. And I, I introduced people to Jesus. Now, mind you, did I come across creepy? Yeah. And I even discussed a little bit of that in the book too, but the beauty was just going like, do I live like he's real? Mm, I know how to listen to him. Do I really talk to him in the ways that he invites me to? Do I listen? Did I listen to different music on Tuesdays? (laughs) Did I, did I think about Jesus? And I'll tell you, I could get emotional thinking about that season of my life because Tuesdays were really sweet. It was fun. It was playful. I wasn't the only one doing it. So that was, I felt a little bit sane when we met for coffee every Tuesday as well. But the beauty is Jesus is real. Now he's not just walking beside us. He's dwelling within. And so, and he's inviting, and I'm just going to get real personal for a second. The one thing I'm learning in my own life is to spend time with him. It seems like the most basic thing, but you always know when you hear basic things that feel profound again, that you know it's God because my selfish, arrogant, prideful, I know that type mentality in life doesn't lend itself to hearing a sermon like, spend time with Jesus and go, I know. And even some of you listen, go like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I know. Christians supposed to spend time. Okay, here's the deal. Christian listening in, have you been spending time with Jesus? Can I just give you one invitation to tell you what prayer is? Is basically prayer spending time with the one who loves you the most. I just read a book on redefining prayer and it's kind of blowing my mind, but I'll just say yesterday I sat on my couch for 10 minutes quietly and finally giving Jesus space to just be with him. And so as you bring up Tuesdays with Jesus, I'm reminded like I haven't stopped but I've learned how to do it in my own life. And that was just the catalyst. But again, the stories are pretty funny. Like when I left him at home, but he gave me grace because, you know, that's what Jesus like. But yeah. All the oh, no, that is, it's so good. But I love that you've, you've continued and now you're a mom and us busy moms. How often do we hear people just say, there's just no time in a day? My kids wake me up before I'm ready to be awake. How can I carve out time? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on I that? Do. You might pass on. Okay, if people haven't tried it yet, if you have an iPhone, there's that whole thing that tells you you can like set alerts on social media and stuff. If you don't know about it, this is really a gift. Um, I didn't know how much I was spending on social media specifically. Not like I'm, you know, we all have the I'm on Facebook and then suddenly I'm watching a video and I'm like, what am I doing a half hour later? Right? Uh-huh. Yeah, your, your aunt's cat. And- <laughs> <laughs> Here's been the aha for me, at least lately, is. Social media has become an unconscious go-to for the five-minute in-betweens. When when my little two-year-old is finally having some self-play with the choo-choo trains, my natural is to pick up my phone. So to get as practical as possible, I started carrying a book and trying to have a new thing to pick up. And that alone, can I, here's the crazy part. So whether that book is the Bible, or one thing I practically did is I moved around the apps on my phone so that when you unconsciously pick up your phone and just go to where Instagram normally is, I put the Bible app 
And it was so funny. It takes me like three days to realize like what I'm doing. Like, oh my goodness. But we do have more time than we think. And the two things I'm just going to call out is I think Netflix and Instagram and the problem with it, if that's our go-to at night specifically, if that's the case, or it's the first thing we go to in the morning, here's the thing. God really invites us into a rest-filled life. And I know young moms, I am a young mom. I have you know, a two-year-old, a one, he's actually a one. Um, I think God invites us into rest. And unfortunately, the type of rest I'm getting is an escape type rest where I'm um, resting from activity, but I'm turning mm-hmm. on something else Yeah. versus resting into the relationship. And there's two ways of doing rest. And the second, the first one, the escaping one into Netflix or my phone is actually not restful because it suddenly triggers my mind to become more of a comparison or triggers my mind to engage in someone else's life so that I can ignore mine and hopefully fall asleep without the emotions. I'm even learning God wants to even use our emotions for good. I thought that our goal was to ignore all the bad voices and just listen to the one good one. And while yes, in the moment we need to learn how to discern God's voice, but I'll say creating space at night to go, okay, what are those other four voices in a place when, when I am maybe a little bit more logical? So it can't be like 10 p.m. or 10 p.m. It has to be a little earlier. But to go, where are these voices coming from? These are all things I'm learning. And But the big turning point for me, and I've read more books in the past month than I have, maybe in my lifetime, at least in a month-long period. And the key for me was just carrying a book, Mm. moving some apps, and realizing I have more time than I think. I'd rather my kid tell me to put down the book than put down my phone. And I think we've all had the kids so say it to us. Oh yeah. So put down oh, the yeah. book. It's like, you know what? You are better than my, you are better than my book. I'm going to look at you, you know, or whatever. But sometimes I think when they say put down the phone, we experience shame. And mm-hmm, we do. So put down the book is like, Hey, you see me in game reading. Yes. Yes. You know? So those are some thoughts. Uh, that's super powerful. And I love the book idea. That is seriously a great shift. Okay. So now I want to transition a little bit because you're speaking to a bunch of boy moms who have had quite a year and we're in a new year, but there's still so much going on in the way of schools and changes and shutdowns and on the news. And I know that anxiety is a big issue right now. And a lot of moms are struggling just to find the good in everything going on right now. So could you speak to that, especially as it applies to anxiety, since you cover that so well in your book? Mm -hmm. Yep. I'm going to quote the most highlighted uh, passage on all Kindle e-readers. And if you are tempted right now to say, I know when I start reading it, I'm going to ask for God to even right now, just slow your heart and go listen to God's words in this one. And it says this. Well, actually, I'm going to give you the full context, the full context of the book of Philippians, Paul's writing from prison. So his circumstances suck. And I don't like using that word lightly. They're terrible. And he's put there for for the wrong reasons. And yet he challenges people to rejoice. What? So if that doesn't feel impossible enough, good. Because he, after he says rejoice in the Lord always, again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. By the way, the only way gentleness is going to come out of your life is by the fruit of the Holy Spirit in you. And that's my definition of spiritual maturity is looking more like Christ. So if your gentleness is meant to be seen, then I think we know which voice we're not listening to if it's not being seen in your life. So let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. So he's with you. Now, here's the here's the most highlighted passage. Do not be anxious about anything 
But now here's the hope in every situation by here it is practical prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your requests to God and the peace of God peace which a lot of us think is really like almost like a defense like okay peace like have peace it's inactive it's just peace it's just like whoa we're all calm no 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 it says it and the peace of God which transcends mm. all understanding which is beyond our understanding and beyond even having the potential to understand what's going on uh, will guard it's active It'll guard your heart. Imagine like a soldier outside of a building guarding your heart saying, nope, not that thought. Nope, not that one. But how do you get there? You get there with peace. But where do you begin with anxiety? So I just have to say it to the woman who's anxious. There is hope. Because if you take God up on his word, and here it is, let your anxiety become a trigger. The reason I say the word trigger is because I am a forgetful person. So I have to create triggers in my life. For instance, I live in California, but I actually stop yeah. at stop mm -hmm. signs. I don't do the California rule. And that is a choice. And each time I stop, I do two things. One, I say, I can slow down. I don't have to live so hurried. And it's a spiritual discipline to stop at stop signs. And the second thing I say is, Lord, I'm your servant. How can I serve you today? Or in this, or whatever. And I just use the topic of serving the Lord. And then it's fun because then suddenly I'll turn off the podcast and look at my little boy or whatever it is. So the service is the other thing. So I allow mm. triggers in my life because I know how forgetful I am. So I put triggers. Driveways and elevators are two other triggers. When I roll into those places, I allow myself to begin worship there. I think worship begins in, in parking lots, in driveways. And I so for me, when I get home, for instance, the driveway is a trigger for me. Pray that my worship would begin as I walk into my home. Elevators, as I'm on my way to a journey up and down, that I could walk and then be a presence of love in the place that I'm walking into. So trigger, trigger, trigger. For me, worry and anxiety is another love trigger. That. And it's a good one. And it's like this. So what is anxiety? It's thinking about the future with fear, wondering what if, what if, what if, what if, what if. Well, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who were faced with something really a fiery furnace, right? They didn't say what if. They said even if, because what if breeds anxiety. Mm, yeah. Even if breeds faith. So, but how do you get to that even if type of faith? And here's what Paul says. He says, hey, go to God. Because even think about how you begin a prayer. You don't begin the prayer with my circumstance. You begin the prayer with his name. God. And so here, I'll give this last illustration that I think is really helpful. There's a connection between uh, trust and our anxiety. So let me put it this way. So if you've ever worked with someone who's really trustworthy and you hand them a project and you know they're going to get it done, right? You give it to them. You don't even have to think about it again. You know those type of people? Have you worked with someone like that? It's great. Yeah. And then there's oh, the yeah. other type My of My favorite. Person. You know, mm -hmm. the one that you hand it to and you're like, do they even <laughs> see the significance of the project? Do they care? And then what yes, do you do? You keep totally. checking in on them. You're worried more than they are, right? What's the difference uh, between the two? The difference between the two is trust, which ironically brings us back to Jeremiah 29. God's going. So I have to say at the end of even that illustration, what is it communicating about our lives if we hand something over to God in prayer and then we keep worrying about it. So it Chicken means we don't trust and, oh. that he's trustworthy. So I don't know if that means we need to understand who he is or it means we need to take him up on his invitation to trust and figure what in the world that looks like. But Paul gives us wisdom and says, it begins with prayer. But here's the key, prayer with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is communicating. And there's a connection between joy and, and Thanksgiving. That's another conversation for another day. Also, but he says, 
thanksgiving mm-hmm. because what you're doing is you're saying, thank you, God, for your answer. Even if it's the direct opposite answer of what I'm praying for you, I trust that you will use it for good. So as I'm requesting something, handing something over to you. So for, and I started doing this with my neighbors. I asked one of my neighbors, I said, Hey, what are you most worried about? She's like safety of my kids. I was like, let's practice a spiritual discipline of handing God, our kids physical safety for the week and create the spiritual discipline Mm -hmm. of each time you feel worried about the safety of your kids to trigger to prayer and thank him for being trustworthy, of thank him for using all things for good, of thanking him that if our kids have a rough patch, God can use that for good, of thanking him and committing mm-hmm. to have that discipline and going, God's even more trustworthy than the most trustworthy human I can think of, but creating disciplines in our life. And I think if we can hear Paul's invitation, not just believe it, but act on it, we'll then get the byproduct, which is the peace of God doing his work in our lives. And even if something bad were to happen in the future, we would know and believe his word that God will use all things for good. He'll turn us more into Jesus, even if the worst of the worst were to come to pass and our kids would be with him, with Jesus in his loving arms. Mm. God will use Mm. us for good as we form this more into look like Jesus because Jesus is the hope of the world and God's plan for the world happens to be us. So we might as well take it seriously. That is so beautiful. And what I love is that you're taking scriptures that most of us have heard so many times. We tend to gloss over, but you you dig in so that we see just how profound, like one verse can change our day, can change our life. Well, I can't keep you here all day. So if you are ready to transition, can I ask you a couple boy, hashtag boy mom questions? Yep. What is one boy mom essential that you can't imagine life without? Okay, here it is. Anything goes. This is practical and also, uh, <laughs> I'm just okay. Here we go. Practicing hard circumstances before they happen. So here it is. So if you have a boy who's so, what's the average age on? I'm sorry, I'm going so harsh, but the boy average age of a boy seeing pornography is ten. So let's limit six. If someone shows you a picture that you don't like or you feel uncomfortable with, what do you say in that moment? Or let's say your boy's in middle school and drugs potentially see in the next four years, like physically see. What do you Mm -hmm. do? And creating a safe place to practice. Because in the moment, I think I remember being, uh, I think it was a junior in high school and I was at a friend's house and I remember the boy's like, hey, do you guys want some weed? I'm like, what? Like I remember being so shocked. And I wish I had practiced (laughs) that moment. How to not shame my friend. How, because I, I didn't practice it, I felt so ill for the moment. Or little things like practicing if there's a sleepover and suddenly the boys are making choices that you don't want to make. What, what's a, let's practice a keyword we can say on the phone that mom has a cue that I'm coming to pick you up. Or like practicing. So imagine the scenarios you were in and then creating a safe place. And I'll say some of them dad needs to have, some mom can have. Um, but I'm doing it with my little boy. He started to have a little girl pick on him. And so versus just throwing them in there and telling them to make good choices, we're practicing. Okay, so this little girl tells you that no boys are allowed on the trampoline. Okay, what's the thing that we can say in that moment? He, you know, he, he thinks about it and then he tries something. And I'm like, ooh, I'm happy we practiced because that's mean. That is mean. That's just being mean <laughs> back. You know, and we kind of laugh yeah. through it and we really enjoy it. And I, a friend of mine has done this with her high school boy. And 
at three different occasions, he's come home and, and then shared, mom, I'm so glad we practiced because my friend showed me a picture of a naked girl. And I looked him in the eyes and said, you know, I don't want to see that. Part of me does. But I don't want to live my future trying to track down pictures like that. So I love you. But unfortunately, I don't really want to see those pictures in the future. So if you could help me with that, that'd be great. Ooh, so good. Oh. Right. But but here's the boy mom wisdom. Practice. Practice. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Role play. I mean, I have a good friend whose boys were, three boys were a few years ahead of mine. And she used to say, talk about things before they're things. So if we can slow down and prepare such good wisdom. Thank you so much for that. I got another one. Okay. I got another one. Good, good. Oh, good. I heard about it. Okay. So giving your kids a card, a index card, and it can say whatever you want on it, but it would say something to the effect of this. One day I will bring this card to my parents because I will need to tell them something that I can't believe I need to tell them. And I need them in the moment not to be angry with me Mm. and not to yell at me. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to bring this card out in a moment that I know I don't want to go through the hard thing alone. And my parents are going to commit in the moment not to be angry, that we can work together on a solution together and we'll figure it out together. So I don't have to go through this alone. Mm. And you figure out your own words for that index card, but I'll tell you that in the pocket or in the wallet of a high school student could be one of the best treasures that little little guy's going to have. Oh my goodness. That is so good. Okay. Love that. Those are both super good. Okay. But I'm going to go on to the next question, which is you got two boys. They're still pretty young, but was there a moment you can think back on where you just looked at them and thought, I am a boy mom, something they said, did, or dragged in that gave you that hashtag boy mom identity. Yep. Short answer. We have an ant farm. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. Okay. And then finally, you've shared so much wisdom today that, but if you were to look back on Megan coming home um, with just one baby in your arms and you could give her some advice, something you've learned in these past five years, is there a piece of wisdom you'd pass on to a younger mom, Megan? Yep. Initiate good friendships. Don't wait for them. Not for sure what I would say. And I just, I'm 36 years old. And for the first time in January, praise God, I initiated seven girls that we meet every other week for two hours during nap times. And we share life and we are very diverse in political views. We are diverse in skin color. We are diverse in every way you can imagine. But the through line is God and none of us knew we'd need each other heading into 2020. Mm. Um, But stop waiting. Mm. I think we're waiting or something to happen. And I know it's risky, mm-hmm. but all faith really is a risk. But with God's presence, likely you making that ask is going to be similar to me making the ask. It's going to be a prayer request from the other person too. Mm, yeah, that's good. We need other women. We need to connect. Good reminder. Thank you. Okay. So I'm going to be linking to, of course, your book, all the places people can find you. But if someone wants to just like hop on Instagram and find you, where can they find and follow you right now? Yep. My maiden name is Fate, F-A-T-E. So I'm Megan Fate on everything social media. So you can find me and I'm I'm a very available person. I re- I've realized even as I have opportunities to speak or do larger crowds, God continues to go hey, are you available though? You know? And that's the fun thing is I'm available. 
You don't have to do this life alone. Uh, I love it. Okay. Well, I'm so thankful that I got this time to talk to you. Like, what a treat. Oh, it's mutual. Mutual, my friend. I can't wait to hear more of your podcast. Well, thank you so much. And we'll be sure to have you back on. So take care and aloha. All right, friends, I hope you enjoyed that conversation and you can find show notes and links over at monicaswanson.com forward slash episode dash 128. Thank you again and again for being a part of this podcast community. If you haven't left a rating or review yet, please consider doing that. You can just scroll right down on your phone, find those five stars, tap on them, or you can leave a few words about what you love most about the Boy Mom podcast. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. I think it's now called Follow, but you can do that on your phone as well. That way you won't miss any future episodes. We have such an awesome lineup for this fall and winter. I cannot wait to grow with you here. So thanks again for being here. Have a wonderful rest of your week and until next time, aloha.